Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fear Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. And I am Jim. And Jim, we have made it. Episode 40 for season 4. It is the year-end wrap-up! We did. It, it kind of feels like uh, hitting the knees and crawling over the finish line in a lot of ways, because this year's <laughs> been such a ball of bullshit in so many ways. But, you know, we, we appreciate everybody who has uh, spent uh, a portion of their year with us. We've, we've uh, yeah. gotten some really nice feedback from some people this year, and uh, we've had some amazing guests. We'll get into all that in a minute, but, uh, you know, it really has been a, a gratifying thing to, uh, to have struggled. Just not, not necessarily, you know, with the show. The show is, is a labor of love. We do this because we love it, but, but yeah. just, I mean, slings and arrows from every quarter this year. But uh, being able to get together with you and chew the fat over some pop culture bullshit and talk to some friends and have a good time has really made it all worthwhile. Right, that's the entire reason I started this stupid podcast. So I'm I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that all of you out there are listening. Uh, I really I hope you guys are having a good Christmas. By the time this airs, it'll be December twenty third, uh, the day before the day before Christmas. Yeah, so Christmas maybe Eve that's, Eve. Was that technically the night Santa went crazy? I, maybe it could be. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've had Weird Al on the brain. We just uh, just finished recording <laughs> that episode a couple of days ago. Which, which by the time you hear this, boy, the uh, the, the I got to give a shout out to you, my friend, Hello. because the Herculean <laughs> effort that editing that episode. I mean, it, yeah, okay, it came in long even for us. Even for us, yeah. it came in at, at a uh, a pretty uh, daunting length. Jesus fucking Christ! But um, it's true, nonetheless. I mean, it, it was such a, uh, a fun episode to record with Josh Bombach of the, uh, the Benchwarmer Sports Trivia Podcast, and we had a really fun time with it, but due to yeah. uh, scheduling stuff, um, a lot of people don't really know this, but uh, you do all the editing, and I give you all due credit for that, and uh, we want to make sure we get those episodes up so they're able to be downloaded and listened to on Friday morning, but as we record this, it is Friday, and uh, we just recorded the episode with Josh 48 hours ago. So you uh, <laughs> took on the, the absolutely Herculean uh, task of, of editing and, uh, and, and parsing and plugging clips in and getting an episode ready to go and, and had it all up and, and, and ready to be listened to uh, you know this morning. So it's, uh, it's, I, I, it's, I, I bow to you it's, for that. It's not usually such a difficult prospect. Uh, every episode requires a couple of different passes, at least the way I do it. And if you're a podcaster out there and maybe you have a better way to do it, shit, let me know. But this is kind of my process, and I'll let you in a little bit on behind the curtain here. Uh, I, I take uh, your, when it's just me and you, it's easier, because it's just I take your, foot, or your uh, recording, I take my recording, and I sync them up. We record independently, that way I can cut out any sneezes, coughs, or farts, as, as we talk about all the time. Exactly. Ew, gross. And then uh, I go through and I listen to the entire to the entire episode, start to finish. The only sounds I put in are the intro music and the outro music. And then I listen to the whole thing, and I cut out any like really long dead spaces, or I cut out, 
you know, like the aforementioned sneezes and farts, I've got a button that can silence that. Um, you just highlight and silence and uh, anything like that. You've got a button that can silence the farts because I ain't got a butt that can do that. Nope. Same. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it's just a matter of like if we screw up and have to start again. We never I can, do that. I can, no. You wouldn't know it because I'd take them out. <laughs> But I can just clip that section out and we start again. We're trained professionals. We know, like, okay, stop. Let's do that again. And uh, But it all sounds so good because we're. it sounds almost live because I'm able to, to just kind of clip that little bit out. So once I have what I call the raw edit, and that's just start to finish with uh, the intro and outro raw. music. Giggity, giggity, giggity. I do, but I like it with the sounds better. And that's when I go through and I'll source... As I listen to it while I do the raw edit, I have a, a list in front of me, a notepad in front of me. And I jot down time codes and notes of what sound files I want to put in. And usually it's like, oh, I'll put a laugh track here, or we'll put a, 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 a snare shot here, or a fart sound here. I've been using the fart sound a lot. We need to quit talking about bodily odors. Um, or like the sad trombone, or like a quote from a movie, or whatever. I'll put them in a notepad to say where approximately I want to put them. That way by the end of the raw edit I'll have a list of things I need to source so then I go on like YouTube and the internet and mp3 and all that and, stuff, and I source all of these sound files and uh, edit them down and cut them down and make them the size and, and length and, and just the bits that I want and then I go through and do another editing pass where I just go straight to all these different time codes and drop in the sound effects and usually that's not such a bad process the editing of the sound clips usually takes about an hour because uh, it's usually only about 20-25 at most or if we have a guest it's usually like 10 because I try when we have guests I try to keep it minimal and then I drop them in and the edit dropping them in usually takes about an hour and then I upload and go from there but Thursday is when I ended up wrapping up the sound edit for our uh, episode 39, our Weird Al episode with Josh. And uh, normally, like I said, when it's a guest, I don't drop in that many sound effects. I like to focus on the conversation, not draw too much attention away from it. But in this particular regard, we're talking about music legend Weird Al. we got to throw clips of his music in it. And since we're talking specifically about what songs are our favorites... It felt right to just kind of drop in a little chunk of each of those songs. So maybe you can, if you haven't heard it, you can get a flavor for it. Or if you have heard it, it'll bring you back, you know. Uh, little did I know, we talked about 41 different Weird Al songs uh, over the shit. course of the episode. We talked about more than that, but that was the uh, areas where I was able to drop sounds in. And uh, so 41 different samples from uh, from Al's catalog and... And additional samples for beginning and end. It, it ended up being somewhere around the lines of 80 samples that I had to drop in. Wow. Which is about four times what I normally do. So it took about four times the length that it usually goes through. So uh, not I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Trust me, I'm the last person to do that. But it's just kind of a, you know, we're just chatting today. Letting you know that that's just kind of... The behind-the-scenes procedural, and like I said, if you've got a better way to do it, fuck, let me know. If I'm if I'm longing out a short process, I'd really like to be able to 
maybe truncate that going forward. But like you said, it's a labor of love, and I really enjoy uh, getting it done and putting it out there. And I mean, as much as I enjoy listening to it myself, I really enjoy that y'all listen too and getting interaction back from uh, listeners of the show who maybe come on the show and talk about it. It's really gratifying. So it's all worthwhile. Lest it sound like I'm just bitching. So yeah, it's a labor of love. It's it's a bit intensive sometimes. Uh, yesterday was unlike any I'd ever seen. I sent you the initial uh, listing of uh, of how many sound clips. I sent you a screenshot of my uh, of my uh, post-it note that I wrote them all down on. And uh, yeah, like Jesus was Christ, uphill, but uh, yeah, it was uh, boy. Again, <laughs> I'll do credit to you for uh, for taking that on and, and and doing such a great job with it. Uh, you're like, oh, I wish I could help. And I'm like, no, just send beer. I was joking, by the way. I said, send beer. Because you're in Wisconsin. I'm in Washington. Yeah. There's a bit of a bit of a land difference between us. Little did I know, I forgot what time and era we live in. The era of the Uber Eats driver. Oh, yeah. So we're bullshitting back and forth about it. And and uh, I all of a sudden, I get a text message from my daughter. Uh, my 11-year-old daughter. She says, Dad, James sent you beer. I'm like, James? Jim? What? And then I texted you. I'm like, what did you do? Well, you know, uh, it, it just says, uh, that's, it says James and all of my official uh, documentation. So uh, all my credit cards say James. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, 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 you're, you're working your butt off trying to get these episodes out and... And uh, I don't know, man. Me, uh, we, we Wisconsin types, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't joke around when it comes to beer. Uh, you say send beer, we uh, we take that as a directive, man. It's not a suggestion. We we send the beer because that's how we roll up in this joint. Directive. And so I couldn't drink it at the time of editing because I was editing at work, but I can sure as fuck drink it now. So, prost. Here's to you, buddy. Ziggy Zaggy, Ziggy Zaggy, hard, hard, hard. Hey, right back at you. Uh, is it a little too early to drink beer? We're we're recording this. Is what nine thirty? Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's almost oh, noon it's, here. So. Uh, no, it's nine thirty nine. Okay, we're good. Yeah, you're good. You're fine. You're fine. But uh, I want to say thank you for the beer. I'm, I'll be drinking that over the course of today. Well, thank as you soon for as we added. wrap up, as soon as we wrap up, I'm going to jump back on that VR. I bought that. Uh, I told you about that rock mixtape that uh, Beat yeah. Saber came out with. Holy hell. On normal difficulty, I'm playing The Pretender and I'm playing uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit really hard because of the drumming and because most of the Beat Saber stuff keeps in line with the drumming. It got me. They're, they're difficult. But those, I did not yeah, fail those. I only there's a reason why Dave Grohl is, uh, is a first call guy. Man, the man's got uh, impeccable rhythm and amazing instinct. And and yeah. uh, I can imagine. I haven't played his, uh, his Beat Saber stuff, but I... Back in the day, did play a couple of tracks here and there on uh, Rock Band and Guitar Hero, and I yeah. don't know, it's funny. Um, especially being a, a drummer, uh, primarily for most of my musical career, <laughs> such as it is, um, being able to sit down and try and tap those things out on the plastic drum set, um, it's not really a, a translatable skill set, either guitar or vocals, really, or drums in the old rock band stuff, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, drums, the, the drums on those rhythm games were were really strange because, uh, I mean, at least if you're a guitar player, you can sort of relate to, hey, the higher notes are closer to the body on the neck and the, the, the rhythm on the little strum switch is 
kind of uh, pretty close to what I would actually be playing. So it's a little bit more analogous with the drums. I don't know, man. Whoever programmed the drums on those things was uh, they weren't actually a drummer. I'll, maybe I'll just say put it on, maybe you could put it on expert mode. They would be maybe, but uh, working with four four different pads and a foot was just uh, I don't know, man. I, I had an easier time playing actual drums. Still do. Yeah, the only level I failed on this new, and I haven't played them all quite yet, just because I've only been effing around with it when I wasn't trying to edit my ass off, but uh, the only level I failed was uh, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. And I don't know what it was that got me, but uh, it failed me like towards the end, which is even more... If you've ever played Beat Saber, that's almost more... I'd rather fail at the beginning because it's like, oh shit, it's too hard, rather than get almost all the way to the end and then fail out at the end. It's like, oh, Just trip over the finish I'm line. Not good enough. You fail. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I got a Chromecast sent to the house, so now I can uh, plug that into the TV and, and uh, we can watch it on the TV while people play it like we used to do with the uh, PSVR, except now we won't have the cable dangling from the ceiling. So that'll be helpful. Yeah. And I bought this little snap-on battery pack that goes right on the uh, on the strap on the side, and it's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery that just plugs directly into the charge port, and it, and it, it don't, you don't feel it. It doesn't really add any weight per se, and uh, it keeps the thing fully charged while you're playing it until it runs out. But I haven't had a, a chance to play it until it ran out, so it's kind of nice. One of these years, I will join the VR revolution, but uh, oh, you it's absolutely be 2022. Should. No, we only got a couple days left of 2022. I'll tell yeah. you what, I'm going to pick up Vader Immortal again. Because there's something about force choking the life out of someone that just makes you feel better. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I mean, in the game, I'd imagine. But I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Right, 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 in the game, yeah, in the game. Yeah, we gotta, yeah that's we, what I we got to put yeah. that disclaimer <sighs> out there. Because uh, the last time I force choked a dude in public, I, I got kicked out of the Panera. So, we don't want that. <laughs> it was a vulgar display of flour. No, God! No, God, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, so other than that, uh, you know, just kind of moving forward. Uh, I was excited to jump on this morning and, and, and wrap up this season four. I'm, I'm so mind boggled and thankful that we're here for a season four ender. You know, we're going into season five. It doesn't seem possible. No, it really doesn't. I mean, I haven't been around for the entire time, but uh, it just doesn't feel like it's been that long. <clears throat> Looking back on uh, on some of the stuff that we've done, it's just been, it just seems like it's been a couple of months. Yeah, and it's just weird because I usually give up before now. <laughs> well, and see, that's the, the thing. Inclination's like, been there, but uh, I haven't. If I have so. my own projects, I'll table those all day long. I'll sit on my hands and, and, and uh, not do my own stuff, but... Uh, I find that if I hitch my wagon to somebody else, if, if there's somebody else who's counting on me to be at a certain place at a certain time, in front of a microphone, in front of a keyboard, at a gig, whatever it is, I'll let myself down, you know, uh, eight days out of seven. But if uh, but if I got somebody else who's counting on me, I'm not going to do that. Well, I so it helps to have a co-pilot. Well, yeah, I've always agreed with that. And it keeps you both accountable, so. Yeah. Can't, can't be uh, wrong there. But, For sure. Uh, couple of news things I kind of wanted to go over and this one 
I don't know if this pisses me off more, or if it makes me sad more, or if it's in equal measure. Yeah. A few weeks ago, we had, when Black Adam came out, which is going to be, by the time you hear this, it should be releasing on uh, uh, HBO Max. So, if yeah. you haven't checked out Black Adam, check it out. It's not that bad. Not as profitable as they say, but it was pretty good. Um, when Black Adam came out, the talk of the news sphere, and we talked about it too, was Henry Cavill's return as the big blue boy scout himself, Superman. And everyone was excited, myself included, because Henry Cavill is just such a dude. He's such a good guy. And he's a nerd at heart. He takes this shit seriously. And he respects and appreciates his fan base. Yeah. And we love to, we love to see that. And so when he announced uh, officially that he was coming back as Superman and working with the powers that be at DC to come back as Superman, we got rightfully excited. Because, you know, there's certain aspects of the DCEU we won't get into. Uh, uh, most formally uh, going to be uh, our, our dear Ezra Miller. But Henry Cavill coming back was big news. Absolutely. Just a pause here. Is that a Decepticon logo on your arm? Oh, yeah. I didn't know uh, you were into Transformers. And then uh, the uh, Autobots one is over there. I didn't know you were into Transformers. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, did you manage to catch the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special yet? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so you'll find it amusing as I did. And this, is, by the time this rolls out, this won't be much of a spoiler. But if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, but the thing that I thought was the most funny thing in that entire movie, and it's such a throwaway thing, was when uh, uh, Drax and Mantis land on Earth. They're basically in L.A. near Grauman's Chinese Theater and all that. Or what do they call that? The TCL Theater anymore? I don't know what they call it I don't anymore. know. Naming rights. When they sell the naming rights to a building, I just at some point stop keeping up and call it whatever it was. Right. And, you know, I, I'm about an hour from Chicago and they'll never uh, they'll never get me to call it the Willis Tower. It's the Sears Tower forever. But, uh, so, they land and they go over to the, the Chinese Theater, whatever the fuck they call it now. And uh, they see all the people you know, dressed as superheroes and whatnot, getting pictures with uh, uh, passerbys and, and and tourists and whatnot. And uh, Mantis gets real excited because she sees someone dressed like uh, Captain America. And she says, Steve! And runs over and gives him a big hug, probably confusing the shit out of that poor cosplayer. But uh, what was funny to me was uh, Drax's reaction. And Drax turns around and sees a guy dressed like Psykill of the GoBots. Yeah, that's a deep reference. Right, Psykill of the GoBots, the Kmart Transformers themselves. And he runs over to quote unquote Psykill and starts beating the shit out of this guy. Because what is it? Gobots hurt or killed his people or something like that. Gobots I, killed his family. I, I thought, uh, I, I thought it was uh, the, the who, who was it that, that previously did that? Was it the collector? Thanos. Or? Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. Or or maybe it was uh, uh, not the collector. Maybe it was uh, Ronan the Accuser. But uh, Gobots killed. But either his family, way, apparently. Gobots yeah. killed his people of some sort, and he's just beating the shit out of this poor psy kill cosplayer. 
uh, which does one thing other than make me laugh my ass off, and that makes the GoBots Marvel Universe canon. Yeah, they exist in and the Marvel also, Cinematic uh, in, Universe. In the same scene, uh, Kratos is also uh, MCU canon because, as uh, a bunch of tourists are walking away from getting pictures with uh, with Mantis and Drax, one of them says, "Hey, you had your picture taken with the God of War." <laughs> But uh, just for real quick, they've been, kind of dragging... they've been petitioning to try and get uh, Dave Batista to play God of War. Uh, well, you know, Dave, Dave doesn't want to do it. He doesn't. There's going to be a God of War series of War. at uh, it's it's in development now at uh, at at, at um, Amazon Prime, and uh, people are pushing for Christopher Judge who performed the role in the game and who performed the voice to play Kratos. And I'd love to see it. He's a fantastic actor. He's in great shape. He's uh, he's perfect for the role. So I would I would love to see that. But anyway, uh, that's all a diversion, just because I got distracted by your, your wonderful tattoos. <laughs> well, the uh, to, to, to drag it kicking and screaming for just a second, back to the Henry Cavill thing. Uh, yes. He he put out a statement on um, uh, Instagram, which is how I heard about it, saying that uh, he was, uh, after a couple weeks after being uh, given clearance to announce he was returning as Superman, um, it is now going. It's 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 now come to pass that he will not be returning, and I, I sent right. you that because uh, I knew that we would want to talk about it. And I said, you know, James Gunn is just he's, I don't know, man. I mean, his stuff at the MCU has been some of the best stuff. Uh, he got brought on, I'm guessing, to uh, to head up the DCEU, um, mostly because the two best things on that side of the entertainment ledger, uh, if you get a, if you want to stack up DC and 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 uh, and Marvel. Um, the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are arguably two of the best things DC has done. Uh, I also really liked yeah. Shazam and, and, and Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman. But, I mean, DC's had uh, real hit-or-miss movies. But uh, James Gunn, his participation has been a pretty reliable arbiter of whether or not that's going to be a quality film or, or television series. It's, it's pretty pretty clear. So they brought him in. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. He and Peter Safran uh, just kind of doing a hard reboot. It just seems like it's a real bad idea. I get why they're doing it. They've got their own thing. They're going to just like deep six the Snyderverse. There's rumors about whether or not Jason Momoa will stop being Aquaman and come back as Lobo. Uh, Henry Cavill is out as Superman. Uh, the, the, the third Wonder Woman movie, at least with Patty Jenkins at the helm, got killed. Uh, Zachary Levi is all over social media saying, please don't kill Shazam. I mean, it's. I get that they want to do, do you know, uh, Matt Reeves, uh, Batman yeah. maybe in or out. We don't really know. They want a clean slate and a hard reboot, but to to kill the shit that's working, I don't know, man. It just seems to kind of shoot yourself in the foot a little bit, and I, I really it hope they reconsider some of that. seem a bit short-sighted, yeah. Yeah, I get that. And, of course, as soon as Henry Cavill was out as Superman again, the speculation was, well, are they going to yoink the uh, the Witcher role back from, uh, from Liam Hemsworth and give it back to him as long as he's free? Because the speculation was he dipped out on Witcher Season 4 to be able to play Superman again. I mean, I think we even might have brought that up. But now that that's not happening... Henry Cavill wasting no time as a means of uh, sort of combating the, the negative press and, and getting a little bit of a handle on the narrative, announced that he would be starring in and executive producing a Warhammer 40K project. Live action Warhammer 40K for Amazon Prime. So and Henry Cavill again, will be just fine. He's not slowing down at all. Geek property, something he's passionate about because he is a Warhammer player. I think it's going to be great. He's not going to. Yeah, really word is it's going to be a like, series at Amazon. It's it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. 
Ryan Reynolds yeah. was so passionate about fixing his mistakes and, and being he became the ultimate Deadpool fan because of it. And because he was the ultimate Deadpool fanboy, we got a Deadpool that was really, really close to source material. And I think that's kind of going to be what we get with, uh, with, with Henry Cavill going over to play uh, Warhammer uh, with his big boy toys. So, as he uh, um, as he said in a press release, uh, for thirty years I have dreamt of seeing a Warhammer universe in live action. Now, after twenty two years of experience in this industry, I finally feel that I have the skill set and experience to guide a Warhammer cinematic universe into life. Having a home like Amazon will give us the freedom to be true to the massive scope of Warhammer. To all of you Warhammer fans out there, I promise to respect this IP that we both love. I promise to bring you something familiar, and I endeavor to bring you something fantastic that is, as of yet, unseen. Well, look at the money they dumped into Rings of Power uh, to middling yeah. reviews. So if they can dump that kind of cash and, 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 and effort and time and, and into that IP, which is a known IP, they can dump a fraction of that into this Warhammer project, and it'll be bang up smashing success i hope so i'll watch it something pays off it pays off yeah i mean i'm uh, not even a 40k uh, player but i'll watch it no i mean i'll watch it too and i mean amazon yeah i mean i'm not watching the rings of power series because it's one of those things i just had to honestly look at and 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 determine that i didn't have time for but uh i will watch the warhammer 40k series and um you know, uh, on that note, uh, upcoming series on Amazon, we're getting a, a boys spinoff next year as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, that should be Generation exciting. I saw v? the trailer for that. Yeah, the trailer Gen for v that is out. Whatever, it looks yeah. appropriately gory and um, <laughs> perfectly uh, dovetailing as it is set in that universe. It does seem to uh, align, and, and it focuses on uh, a character called Godolikin, I think is how they pronounce it, but uh, he's like their Professor X kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be like a, a more of a send up of the X Men style instead of the Avengers style. So we'll see what that, if they stay true to that. At least in the books, that's what it was. And their Wolverine uh, in the the boys' comic book was uh, I don't know I forget what the guy's name was, but he had hammers for hands. And that was that was his shtick. He was a little violent runt with her hammers for hands. So, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That should be interesting. Uh, another thing, yeah. uh, looking forward to. They just released a trailer for Into the Spider Verse, the sequel, uh, or across was it Across the Spider Verse or whatever it's called now. Across the Spider Verse, yeah. So the Into the Spider Verse sequel, um, following Miles Morales and, and Gwen Stacy, and uh, I gotta say the art style is still fantastic. It's all over the place, in a good way. Usually when you say something's all over the place, you don't mean it as a compliment. But in this particular case, uh, that's one of the things that set that animated movie aside and, and just kind of, it, it was just, it set that wow factor. It was the animation styles changing and varying and being very comic booky and 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 just, it was very, very well done. By, so defin- that's, trailer, by definition, it had to be all over the place. Yeah. And so this trailer is just bonkers nuts as well. And just, I'm looking forward to it. We got... Uh, uh, Oscar Isaacs, who seems to be in a lot of nerd properties these days, uh, jumping in as uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, the only real image we got of him in the trailer is him just slamming Miles Morales to the ground, I think by his face. So, But well, we also That'd got a couple of shots of the, uh, the, the, the PS5 Spidey from the, uh, the, yeah. the PlayStation games. I went so, down an yeah, article really, uh, talking about all, 
all the different Spider-Men that were in that, or all the different Spider-People, I should say, that were in that multiverse. And I've seen a few that they didn't mention, like the Spider-Armor, uh, Web of Spider-Man 100, back in the day when, they were, when the big thing was chrome foil covers and shit. Yeah. Back when I was collecting comics. For one issue, Spider-Man had this, looks quilted, but it's like silver polymer armor. And uh, he only wore it for that one issue, but I saw, I saw Spider Armor in the uh, in the trailer. Uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. We have the bombastic Bagman. He's in there. Which, if anyone knows, that's when he had uh, a Fantastic Four suit that he borrowed from Johnny, and to cover his face, a paper bag with holes cut out of it. Yep. Um, he would have had to have webbed it on. I just can't imagine that that would stay put very well, swinging <laughs> through the uh, the urban canyons of Manhattan. But what do you know? It's comic book physics. You gotta just you gotta gotta roll with it. You gotta suspend but, your uh, disbelief, as we all exactly, so often do. Exactly. But lots of uh, spider cameos to come in this movie, and I'm looking forward to Spider Cop uh, in the in the <laughs> PS1 or the PS game that uh, PlayStation Five. I didn't say PS1, PlayStation One, but the, in the PlayStation Five game. Uh, He's narrating himself like Spider Cop, and uh, so we get an appearance by Spider Cop in the game. So I mean, there's just a lot of fun to be had with this movie. I'm looking forward to it, and it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. This is just part one, so we get twice the fun for twice the wait, probably. Yeah, probably. But you know, I guess we'll uh, we'll just see what happens. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Now, you hit me to another trailer that dropped that I forgot all about. Why don't you talk about it? Well, I, I'm, I'm particularly <laughs> excited for this. Um, the, the Barbie teaser trailer came out today. And I'm only partially kidding. Look, I mean, obviously you and I grew up in these sort of, like, toxic gendered toy era where there was the boy aisle and the girl aisle. The boy aisle had all the... Yeah. <clears throat> all the He-Man and the Transformers and the trucks and the G.I. Joes. And then an aisle over was the My Little Pony and the Barbie... And near the, the twain shall meet, obviously. The pink aisle. The, the aisle that just assaults your corneas with magenta. Um, but, you know, there's no denying that Barbie has been a force to be reckoned with on the toy and pop culture landscape for a very, very long time. And uh, excitement is weirdly high around this film. And it looks fun. We don't get too many clips of the actual film itself. The trailer wound up being a, a spoof of, uh, of 2001. Uh, that's all I'll say about it. I'm not going to spoil it. It's fun to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, the filmmakers obviously know they have something kind of just tongue-in-cheek, fun, and, and really candy-colored on their hands. Um, obviously, very famously, uh, stars uh, uh, Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Reynolds as Ken. Uh, we get a little bit of Simu Liu in the, uh, in the trailer, doing a little bit of a boogie. Um, but as you pointed out, uh, it's, it's hard to really pick up because most of the trailer is this 2001 spoof. We get a couple of rapid-fire clips and a montage toward the end and it looks like it's set in Barbie world so um yeah we're not gonna be, be, be having some kind of weird fish out of water where Barbie is walking around our universe trying to uh you know fit in with whatever pop culture shit is going on it, it's set in Barbie world so uh I don't know man if that's the kind of thing you'd be into you'd probably be into that sort of thing I'll probably just check it out just because it looks fun it just looks like fun and yeah you know, we can always use more fun, tongue-in-cheek, reckless abandon kind of escapist cinema, in my opinion. I don't know that I'm going to run out to the Cineplex and see it, but uh, it, it looked fun. Uh, it might be something fun to watch with my kids. Uh, Margot Robbie is certainly always pleasant to look at 
So, which is nothing to say about her as a person. Trust me, I know she's a very smart, intelligent, bright, wonderful person. Uh, very talented. But we don't get that in the trailer. All we get is a glimpse of her. So that's what I'm going off of. But, I mean, she is uh, a sight to behold most times. So, uh, I will probably check it out, like, on Redbox or HBO Max or whenever it pops up. So, that is also a thing. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention real quick was uh, uh, I'm, I happen to... As a result of this podcast, and even before this podcast, I get to be friends with a lot of very interesting and and very talented people who do very wonderful, fantastic, geek-related things. But this gentleman, I knew him uh, years and years before the podcast even developed. In fact, uh, he he developed the logo for the podcast. So if you're seeing the Feel Your Fandom uh, podcast logo, uh, he developed it. That was him. Uh, a good friend of the program and good friend personally, Eric Trotman, uh, notoriously used to work for Wizards of the Coast, uh, worked for uh, Microsoft. He helped write the Halo Bible back in the day, if anyone knows what a Bible is for a show like that, for or sure. for a game, game series. That's part of what he did. Um, he worked in comics. He did some JSA stuff. He did The Shield. He did a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he did a fantastic... Uh, book called Shooters, which is extraordinarily personal, and I won't really get into the subject matter, but suffice it to say, a graphic novel made me cry multiple times. Um, but he has now come forward and said that he's working on a new uh, owner-creative product through Image Comics with partner Greg Rucka. Uh, it's going to be called... Uh, it's a space opera that's going to be called Forged. And... I don't know a whole lot about it. These are just initial reports uh, thrown up by him on, on Facebook and whatnot. But I'm really excited to see where this goes. I know that Eric is an extraordinarily talented uh, writer and, and graphic designer and just a fantastic person. So as much success as I could possibly wish anyone, um, I, I wish to him. And, and I will definitely be... Uh, picking those up and, and getting them autographed because that's some, some good shit right there. As soon as that comes out, I'm there. And it just so happens that his wife, Gabby, owns the comic book shop in town. So it's not like I don't know where to go to get it. Vertical so, integration, baby. It's a way of the future. For real. But looking forward to that. Eric, I wish you all the best success. I know you and Rucka will do something fantastic, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Uh, other other nerd media. Uh, the at the time that you hear this, the Avatar movie has been out, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's uh, it's out. It cer- certainly um, is a thing. It's it's out after got what twenty twenty five years. I don't know. Um, I never like fifteen years. Or something I never like saw the first Avatar movie. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. I never saw the first Avatar movie as big oh, as it was. It was great. It was great. In sort of like a, uh, a pre-Marvel, very early CGI kind of uh, era, uh, it was it was kind of a big deal. But I just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I looked at it and just, it didn't interest me at all. It was good. It was visually stunning. Uh, back in the day, it was trend-setting for all the right reasons in, uh, in visual display and, and, and storytelling. It was great. It was expansive. And then it dropped like a wet fart. Because yeah. being the number one movie in the world wasn't enough to spur the sequels that we knew were coming into action. And, and they'll say 
that it was because they wanted to wait until technology reached a certain level to do a certain thing, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. So the original Avatar was released in 2009. So 13 years. Wow. We Feels like longer ago than that. It does. Well, think about where we were cinematically 13 years ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, pre-MCU and, and pre... I mean, we had things like the Star Wars films and whatnot, but I mean... Uh, even CGI still was kind of uh, hit or miss back then as to whether it was fully yeah. integrating and, and could absorb you into the movie. So I get wanting to release something that's bleeding edge and, and mind-blowing, and I get why it made all the money in the goddamn world. But to sit on your thumbs for 13 years seems like an, a waste of time. And, and in my uh, imagining, it, it just kind of makes people have to see the original movie again to even know what's going on. It's not yeah. fresh in anyone's mind. Now, I have no doubt that this movie is going to do gangbusters numbers. It's going to explode at the box office. But early reviews are are not being very kind to it. And in fact, no, I, I, don't, I don't usually read reviews, but I read the headlines. And this, the one that I read today was talking about how uh, uh, it's it's fine, basically. It's yeah. fine. But it's, but it's, it's, it's not, not worth the visual. Years worth of weight. Right, it's not the visual spectacle that they expected it to be after 13 years of wait. And so, I don't know. I'll probably end up seeing it in the flicks in the theater, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. The headline on Den of Geek says, Avatar, the way of the water review. Ever get that sinking feeling? <laughs> and I don't know, man. I, I'm just not, I, I never bought into the Avatar universe. I mean, and part of that, okay, part of that, I will admit, is a little bit of minor bitterness towards James Cameron only because I'm still pissed off that Titanic took the best Oscar movie uh, uh, award away from Good Will Hunting, which I thought was the far superior film. But Titanic yeah. was uh, a bigger movie in scope, a bigger movie in budget, a bigger movie in audience and box office. So I felt like it kind of got the nod unfairly. But the reason, other reason I didn't see um, Avatar at the time is because if not for a little while, I wasn't really sure about it. I was kind of on the fence. And then I saw somebody online break it down and say, oh, so we have this guy who is kind of a soldier type and his legs don't work very well, so they send him to uh, go and try and be an emissary for this uh, this sort of native culture, and he winds up kind of getting plugged into it, getting assimilated into it, falling in love, and then turning his back on the people who sent him in the first place. So it's Dances with Wolves then, really, is what I'm getting at. I heard Fern Gully, but okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Dances with Smurfs, they referred it to. So uh, I just was like, well, you know what? I mean, I understand there's no original ideas in Hollywood, but to, to take something that's that's really just that similar and just dress it up with kind of like fancy CGI, I just, I never bought into it. I never saw the first one. I probably won't see this one either. It's just not a fandom of mine. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know it's going to be visually stunning. I know it will be, but I, my expectations are also exceedingly low. So we'll see. But uh, is that all we got for news today? Well, I mean, there's always news. Um, but uh, pretty much there's just, uh, I don't know. You get towards the end of the year. You get close to the end of the year, and everything just kind of blurs together in a gray smudge for the most part. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to having a week off between Christmas and New Year's. My company actually just shuts down from Christmas until uh, until the calendar clicks over. and. I'm looking forward to trying to get a whole lot of stuff done. I'm going to try and do some organizational stuff here at home. I'm going to try and plow through uh, the finishing chapters of God of War. 
I'm going to get on some cold emails trying to get us some more sponsors for this. I got some band stuff I got to take care of. I'll be able to stay busy, but I mean, for the most part, it's just mid-December through the end of the year. It's just everybody kind of is, uh, it's, it's Friday on the calendar and nobody wants to do anything. We're all just kind of phoning it in. Short timing it. Yeah, I get you. Well, speaking of sponsors, I can't let this go by without saying this episode uh, is brought to you by the fine folks at Extra Wallets. Now, me and Jim have been talking to you guys about the benefits of Extra Wallets for weeks now. Uh, we've been using them for a month or two now, and I'm just... I can't say the same things over and over again. I'm getting tired of hearing my own self say it, but i got to tell you... Uh, these wallets are just built ex- exceedingly well. They are designed to be the slimmest thing in your pocket, uh, the most streamlined thing that you're going to carry. And with their tracking card and their RFID protection, it just makes a lot of sense. These things are just wonderfully built and put together. And uh, that little satisfying click click when you pop out your cards just never gets old. Never once. No, it and, really doesn't. Uh, and it makes your chiropractor happy because if you're a back pocket wallet guy like me, it's uh, super slimline. Um, it's got enough capacity to carry around a couple of bills worth of cash, your driver's license, a couple of business cards, a couple of credit cards, and that's really all you need. Uh, so kind of gone are the days of the big bulky dad wallet that throws off your spinal curvature when you get in the car. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's just, and the way that they're made. I mean, I, we talk about the leather a lot, and I just... I have some leather things here and there. I got some boots, I got some belts, I got some leather stuff, but the leather on this thing, it's just, it, I can't even say enough good things about it. It's, it's just so nice to hold. Uh, it's durable, the stitching is excellent. Uh, it's just feature after feature of these things. They just they just pile up, and the more you use it, the better it gets, and I'm just absolutely in love with this thing. And we've made this point before that we wouldn't uh, you know, accept sponsors that are not quality products we wouldn't use ourselves. We're not just gonna be the uh, ultimate umpteenth stamps.com and HelloFresh pimpers over here because uh, I got my issues with both of those guys. But whatever. I mean, these wallets, you need to get one. I, I can't even stress yeah. that enough. They're just fantastic pieces of kit. Uh, I get compliments on it everywhere I go. I pull that thing out and I go click and those cards just fan out and I just grab the one that uh, that I want to use and it's just boy, I, I, I would buy another one of these even if they uh, they weren't sponsors of the show. Absolutely, I would, and, I, and in fact, I've been eyeballing a couple. Uh, like I said, they've got a. I've been using the Senate card holder, which is just a, the one piece with the little strap around it. They've got one that is uh, it's carbon fiber, but it's made to look like uh, they call it the ember, and it's like black and red, and which is two of my favorite colors, and it just yeah. it looks fantastic. They've got uh, some really nice brushed aluminum ones. If you want to go for just the, the steel look, the, the the metal on metal. And then I don't know if they still have it by the time that we're talking here, but uh, they've got that 24 karat or that 14 karat gold plated model. That is really, really the epitome of fancy pantsy. So if you would also like to put a little fancy in your pantsy, head on over hey. to Exter Wallets. Exter.com, E-K-S-T-E-R.com. Now, they're not just wallets. I have to say, they have the tracking card. They also have a wonderful, like, a day bag that you can carry around stuff in. It's like a miniature duffel bag. It's beautifully put together. Um, They've got uh, key fobs and key finders and and things like that. I mean, they've got all the kit to keep your pockets thin, and that's beautiful. If it goes in your pocket, then Exter makes it, and they make a better one than anybody else does. Like, you know, I'm not even going to... Pretend to I mean, uh, to be quiet. Say that's that. on fact. We're saying that on record, man. 
I've tested some other wallets and this thing by far blows them all away. So if you want that kind of luxury in your pocket, extra.com, E-K-S-T-E-R.com. They're probably having a sale as we talk. They're always having some good deals going down. And if you enter the code FANDOM at checkout, you'll get an extra 10% off. And then any money that we uh, recoup from this uh, sponsorship, Jim and I have dedicated to putting towards the Fuel the Future charity, which uh, puts comic books and collectibles in the hands of kids who can't afford it uh, and who sorely need them to fuel the next generation of geeks, which is what we do. And uh, so head on over to exter.com, E-K-S-T-E-R.com, enter code FANDOM at checkout and get that extra 10% off of what I'm sure is already a ridiculously low price. And I promise you, you won't be sorry you did it. So, now we really don't really have a topic in mind. I, I kind of wanted to just kind of brush up on, on all the things we've talked about. It's like you said, 40 episodes per season for the last three seasons. Yeah. I don't count season one in that puddle because I was still trying to get my legs under me and everything like that. But uh, and then of course episodes. COVID hit and uh, been trying to get guests to. Uh, that's when we, we kind of moved to uh, to doing things over uh, over the internet a little but bit. That, I, I kept saying that that was a a, a double edged sword, and I mean it because uh, yeah. trying to do this shit live was fantastic. It was I kind of, like I said, I love seeing people in, in person, getting that reaction from people talking about things that get them fired up and passionate but it was getting harder and harder to do in this covid culture when you can't really congregate or meet or go out or and especially if it's like a celebrity guest they're not doing that uh, everything is virtual so uh, it was really difficult and then when i came up with uh, the idea of putting you on as co-host and uh which since we're doing things virtual anyway may as well you know so this season, we kicked off around February 18th. Uh, we just started talking, catching up. Uh, we revisited topics like toxic fandom, which unfortunately, toxic fandom just seems like something we're going to have to keep touching on. I mean, it's just going to happen. Because that is the no bad penny that keeps it. on coming up. If you're a fan, you have to fight it. You have to be actively participating in the fight against gatekeepery fans. Or, well, actually, and, and all of that bullshit. Because it's really, it puts people off of the fandom. It puts you all in a bad light. You know, it makes people look at, like, oh, if, so say you're, you're that Star Wars guy. That's not my Star Wars. I don't like that Star Wars. You know, oh, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, and all this bullshit. You look like an asshole, and you're making all of Star Wars fans look like an asshole. Shut up! Like what you like. Don't like what you don't like, and if you don't like it, don't be a dick and make other people try to not like it. And of course, Keep the same thing with yourself. the MCU. The MCU yeah. is getting more diverse. It's getting more female. It's getting more colorful. Uh, Good. It's getting uh, more gender identities and sexual orientations. And I, for one, am fucking here for that because yes. uh, you know it is a fantasy world, but uh, everybody deserves to see themselves represented on the page and on the screen and uh, and in their favorite entertainment. So. Uh, yeah, if you don't like it, don't buy a ticket. I'll buy two. Exactly. And, you know, over the course of the year, we talked about uh, differences between small screen and big screen adaptations. And we talked about food because we fucking love food. That's what we do. Hey, uh, food can be a fandom. Spent a little time talking about mental health, which seems like we might need to follow up on again just because of 
uh, the wake of all the, the suicides and, and, and things like that that go on in the nerd community. It's something that needs to be addressed because, uh, I mean, people got to know that someone's there to hear them out. People got to yeah. know that someone's there to help them. And, and so I'll never quit talking about that. I'll talk about that forever. Same. Uh, we talked. We spent two episodes talking about villains, Marvel villains. I dig it. Uh, looking back, I mean, just looking through the episodes we've had this season, we've had a lot of fun. We got to speak with uh, stand-up comedian Kermit Apio. That was fun. So much fun. God, Kermit He's such, I love that guy. Such a decent dude, and just and and not a blue comedian. And it's really nice to see a comedian who's not. I wouldn't say. Family friendly is not how I would sell that, but definitely he is more family friendly than your average stand-up. In in and, the biz, uh, they say he works clean, and there's quite a few guys who do that. I mean, he's uh, he's had a chance to work with Brian Regan quite a bit because uh, Brian's another guy that just uh, you know he works I real love clean. Brian Regan, I love Brian. Yeah, he's a he's a legend for a reason. Um, we talked about the Orville, which so much more than a funnier trek, and I can't even possibly tell you how accurate that is. I'm still keeping really? my fingers crossed for season four on that. It's, it's seeming yeah. increasingly unlikely as time goes on, but hey, if the if the Avatar shit can get a sequel 13 years later, I don't think we've seen the last of the Orville crew. Shit, even give us a, the Orville next generation. I don't know. I don't even know what that yeah. looked like. But uh, we got to talk about folklore and memes and the roots of digital communication with my buddy Tam. Uh, and uh, I think he wasn't he over in like Poland or something. He was really far away. Yeah, uh, he was heading over there. I don't know if he was there when we talked to him, but he was definitely heading to Europe to finish up some postgrad stuff. Yeah, he's he's smarter than anything, and, and I love talking to that guy. He was one of the saving graces of me being in the SCA. Uh, he was half the reason I stuck around as long as I did, just because he's such a nice guy and just fun to be around and just genuine, just real genuine. We talked about video game soundtracks. That was a fun one. I think that was my first brush with putting 50 million sound clips into an episode with music involved. and Not my last, as it turns out. So, <laughs> Well, we'll still try and keep it to a minimum. But, uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a good one. I really... And just being able to, to kind of go back and relive all of those uh, all those awesome old video game soundtracks that, that introduced us to so much great music. And, uh, you know, after we did that, uh, we talked quite a bit about Crazy Taxi, and I... I fired up my emulator and uh, you have five crazy minutes was like constantly ringing out for my TV for the next couple of days on that one. Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go. Good time. And I put a smile on your face. Admit it. Yeah, it did. We talked about Legos. We talked about music. We talked about Nintendo hard. We got to talk with uh, some wonderful guests. We got to talk with the, uh, the pinball kings themselves. Over oh yeah! The, now what do they call their the podcast? Super Awesome Pinball Podcast? Super Awesome Pinball Show, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Super Awesome Pinball Show. Uh, Absolutely, fun. fucking fantastic! It was it was an absolute wonderful episode. Show plays a mean pinball. Absolutely, I love those guys. And uh, we got to talk with Steph. We came on and talked about Saturday Night Live. That was fun. 
I learned a lot of shit that I didn't know about Saturday Night Live, and I thought I knew a lot. Well, having somebody on the inside kind of helps. I mean, she uh, was able to get up there quite a bit during her her, her teen and 20 years to uh, to go and actually chill with the cast, being as close to Manhattan as she grew up. Right. Uh, We got to talk about uh, Kevin Smith and the View Universe, which I love. Uh, after now seeing Clerks 3, it's been long enough. Get your ass out and go see it. It's on DVD now. Pick it up. Yeah. It is absolutely worth the watch. I cried numerous times like a baby. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. And if you don't at least get misty, then you don't got no love for the franchise at all. So, Nope. We got, we got to talk with Zach. Uh, Zach talked about Stephen King, one of his fandoms. That was great. Stephen King's in the news a lot these days because they're talking about like oh what's next on the Stephen King uh, uh, translation palette what are they going to bring to screen next And he seems to be one of the biggest names out there going so we got to talk temporal tiny whiny wibbly wobbly shit with John Lampson and that was that conversation made my brain hurt I'm going to admit it yeah that guy is smarter than anyone I've ever heard of talking about that shit. And and it was fantastic. He was just incredibly well prepared. He knew exactly what he was talking about. And it was just a delight start to finish. Yeah, time travel is just one of those subjects that the more you dig into it, the more you... Uh, every door you open, there's ten doors on the other side just waiting to be explored. And it's just a crazy subject. But uh, my boy Johnny, he knows what he's talking about. He does, and actually he was the uh, one of the people that uh, he helped me as far as when we started doing this, the sound clips and everything, I wasn't doing it right, I was editing them in, but I wasn't uh, uh, modulating the sound, I wasn't bringing down the volume of the clips, and it was really kind of loud and obnoxious, and he helped me uh, realize that and then helped me bring me back on focus, I'm very aware most of the time where the, where the volume levels are, which is great, so thanks for that Johnny, I appreciate that. Uh, and then uh, a couple more uh, standouts. Uh, we got to talk with John Champion again. Seems like we bring him in every season, which I'm not afraid to do. The guy is a fucking delight. The dulcet tones, I swear to God, listening to him soothes me. Uh, every Same. Thursday when Mission Log comes on, I snap that baby on on the way home from work. And it's just like, all right, Norm, all right, John, take me away. Bring me back to Star Trek. Let's talk. And it's very soothing. Very relaxing for me. I don't know if it would be for everybody, but it certainly is for me. I am definitely a Mission Log fan. Uh, So we talked James Bond with him to flip the script. We talked about something that he's a fan of instead of what he has to work on every day. So I thought that was a kick in the pants. Uh, And then uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Kevin Sucre of The Docksiders fame. Uh, Grammy-nominated... Emmy winning, or is it Emmy or uh, Oscar? Winning? Uh, well, he, Oscar winning. Awesome, yeah, he worked on an Oscar winning film. He, uh, he's, he's, he's just an all around entertainment powerhouse. Uh, he's a behind the decks guy, behind the scenes guy, on yeah. stage guy, and uh, one of my oldest friends. And uh, I just knew talking about the, the unlikely rise of the tribute band, uh, playing uh, clubs and, and halls and arenas all around the country. Um, he had some really interesting insight on that, and I was hoping to. Uh, uh, you know, I really wanted to bring him on to talk about it, knowing he would, but uh, he just blew me out of the water. He's just, uh, he's been a great guy, and for as long as I've known him, it's been a very, very long time, and it was just a real gas to have him on the show. 
It was fun, and I realized that's because when I edit, I put the three timelines together. I put mine, yours, and John, or uh, mine, yours, and Kevin's uh, timelines all together, and I sync them up and I match them up so we're we're talking to each other, not just talking to ourselves. Yeah. Um, but what was really cool is I looked at my timeline, and my timeline. Once we introduced the guest, my timeline is decidedly not very wavy, because the two of you opened up into each other's headspaces. And just we brought us down this path of like reminiscing and 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 nerding out about Wisconsin music culture and this that and the other thing and and I didn't mind. It was a little strange because I, I usually when I edit I'm like oh god I hate the sound of my own voice. But at this time it's like I didn't really get much in, in the way of, of talking in for the most part. It was just like oh wow that's weird. Oh that's cool. well didn't mean to do that, but uh, just you know <laughs> no, we have such a shared history. <laughs> No, with I mean, with, with this area, into. probably only it's interesting wonderful. to other people in this area. And, and again, I didn't. I, I, mm. In retrospect, I maybe was a little bit more down on on my local scene than I should have been. It wasn't my intention. I still have quite a bit of optimism and love for for the Milwaukee music scene, and uh, that maybe didn't come across as much as it should have. But it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating when it seems like your own town isn't really supporting you. But um, you know. I'm definitely seeing with my current band, Russ Bucket, that there's there's uh, there's quite a bit of love there. You just have to kind of know where to find it. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, last week we talked to Josh about uh, everyone's favorite parodist, Mr. Weirdo Yankovic. So, I mean, it, we've had a number of just fantastic, fantastic guests, and that is all that I could have hoped for and more when I started this podcast, especially as when I started moving it towards a digital thing. Because, I mean, as much as I enjoy talking to you, and I do, it's it's a highlight of my week, believe it or not. Um, oh, that's sad, man. You need to get out more. Yeah, well... But I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you well. on that one. I'm with you. I, I, I definitely look forward to this. This is this is something that I, I have been looking forward to for a while. It's a good time. It's fun. I love talking to you. I love geeking out and diving into all this stuff. It's... Uh, you know, to come full circle back to where we started, it really is a labor of love, and it's just been a really, really fun thing to do. And and as we wrap up this season, I'm looking forward to doing more of it. And we do have some pretty exciting stuff coming up, but the risk of getting ahead of myself. Uh, I'm looking forward to some some of the folks we got lined up for next year. Very much so. Can't really spill anything on that yet because it's still being finalized. But but uh, yeah, got some yeah. really fun stuff coming up too. Uh, looking Absolutely. back and uh, also looking forward at. Uh, at what uh, season five, which just seems so incongruous, but uh, that's yeah, that's where we're at. Hard to believe, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the new season, what it's going to bring, what it's going to entail. Uh, it is uh, definitely something that is exciting for me, and like I said, I go through bouts of uh, imposter syndrome and, and doubt and, and anxiety, and uh, I'll look at an episode and realize it's not doing as well as I thought it was, and. And, and I'll get down on myself and I'll just be like, ah, oh, man, maybe I should just shelve the whole thing. Maybe I just quit and yada, yada, yada. But then I don't. And, and like I said before, at the beginning of this, I, I, I've stuck with this far longer than I stick with most extracurricular hobbies. Like I did the, uh, the cooking channel. I think I ended up with like 17 episodes. And that fizzled out just because, I mean, my camera broke had a falling out with my cameraman uh things got weird you could pile any kind of excuses you want on top of that but ultimately i just lost my love for it i lost my passion for it 
But this, I'm genuinely enthused to come on and talk every damn week about whatever the hell we're going to talk about. Same. And it just seems like with everything that's happened in the, in the geekosphere, I mean, one of the things we talked about uh, in the last couple months is just the absolute glut of nerd entertainment there is. Yep. We'll never run out of shit to talk about. I mean, we, we, we kind of always uh, gently, uh, good-naturedly, with love, chide John Champion because, I mean, uh, Mission Log, when they started out that podcast, they had a, a certain finite amount of, of Trek series that they could look back on and do an, an episode of their, their show per episode <laughs> of each of the series that'll come out, but... Now well, that uh, streaming is but, king, yeah, nope. and there's 17 different Trek series all on at the same time, and they've uh, they've barely gone. Are they on Discovery now? I mean, they've got the work cut out for them, and uh, they're, no, they're, they're never really going to run out of stuff right to do. They're still oh, doing Voyager, okay. so they're wow. on season two of Voyager currently. And so they've got like five more seasons of Voyager. They've got uh, Enterprise, four seasons of Enterprise. And then after that, that's when they make the jump over to... Uh, Discovery, and then we have Stranger Worlds and Picard and Lower Decks and Prodigy, Prodigy, and, and every oh guys, yeah, they're never going to be done. But uh, nope, yeah, we're I mean, have a job as, as it turns out, as long as they want it. I mean, neither are we, because I mean, as as as, as much material as they have to work with, being track focused, we're just uh, looking at the entire geekosphere every week, and uh, and since the geek have inherited the earth. What with how huge the Marvel Universe is, what with, uh, you know, uber nerd Henry Cavill bringing out this Warhammer series and, uh, you know, yes. video games and comic books and movies and music and TV and streaming and comedy and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. There's, uh, everything's kind of on the table. Yeah, and like you said, I don't want to spoil any kind of special guests for next year, but uh, we're going to kind of change up our strategy as far as how we source uh, special guests uh, for next year as well. In addition to... You know, having you email in if you want to be a member of the show or podcast with us. And uh, we're going to try and start reaching out, uh, casting our net a bit wider and, and finding those elusive celebrity guests as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that bears any fruit. I know there's been things we've tried in the past, like cold emails and whatnot, and those don't usually pan out all that well. But uh, we've got a little couple tricksies up our sleeve we're going to give a try, and uh, we'll see what we can do with it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, as far as everything else goes, I mean, I'm just, I'm having a real blast doing this. I, I'm glad you guys are listening. I'm glad I got you to talk to every week, Jim, even though I feel like I'm pestering you most times. It's like, come nah. on, Jim, we got to record. Come on, Jim, we got to record. It's fucking no, 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 Wednesday. No. We got to record, please. Well, see, I, I'm lucky because, uh, <laughs> you know, you uh, we do this mostly in the morning because I have a pretty flexible work from home schedule and you essentially work second shift. So we do this in the a.m. most of the time, but... Because we're uh, we're two time zones apart, I always feel bad that I'm getting you out of bed at an ungodly hour. But uh, for me, it's uh, usually late morning, early afternoon, so it's not too big of a deal. I I, I kind of get my sleep in and can still wake up, uh, bright eyed, bushy tail, whatever the fuck that means, and and be ready yeah. to go. I haven't been bright eyed and bushy tailed for near on a decade, sir. Yeah, it's been at least since the Clinton administration for me. But uh, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> we are so old. <laughs> Indeed we do. But, uh, I mean, like I said, we don't really have a whole lot to talk about today. We just kind of wanted to wrap up with you guys and and share our love for you and our love for this podcast that we enjoy doing so very, very much. Um, we get to talk about a lot of cool shit. We get to talk about... All the things that, you know, make us happy. 
And I think now that I know you're a Transformers fan, we'll have to set aside a chunk of time and uh, do a little talking about them dare robots in disguise. Robots in disguise. We've got some big movies coming out for that, or at least one big movie that just released a trailer. Did you watch that one? Which one was that? Uh, Beast Wars, basically. Rise of the Beasts. Oh, man. No, I'm... I'm it's again, it's just uh, it's that glut thing we talked about. I'm just so behind on these things. If I don't... Uh, if it doesn't land in my lap out of... Uh, I, I really got to be better about that. I haven't seen it, though. You've got the Transformers tattoos, man. You got to see it. I do. I got I to gotta <laughs> back up my own ink. Optimus Primal. That's all I'll say. You get to see Optimus Primal Fun. in the trailer. You get to see Cheetor in the trailer. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Good times. But, uh, I mean, it's a good time to be a geek. We say that a lot, but I mean it, I mean it every time I say it. Uh, going forward, we're going to have new video games to talk about. We're going to have new movies to talk about, new TV shows to talk about. Hollywood bullshit, Hollywood drama to talk about. There's a never-ending <laughs> supply of that. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm sure Kanye and Elon will be stirring up shit in the new year. I'm really hoping an asteroid hits the both of them at once. Yeah. Like it hits Elon wherever he's at and then jumps and then finds Kanye and slams it in too. Like I said, I try to have grace with Kanye, but I, I, my grace is expended. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. No, no, it didn't I'm seem to last too. very long, but uh, I draw the line at severe anti-Semitism and, and talking about how the good parts of, of Adolf Hitler. I draw the line, bro. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not a hard line to draw. It's it's it's, it's that's that's basic humanity 101 right there. If always punch the Nazis is not your credo, then fuck off. I don't want to talk to yeah, you. Then you're living wrong. I'm sorry. Right. I'm not a violent person, wrong. but there are no true pacifists on the levels of tolerance. And uh, always punch the Nazi. That's just. Uh, I, I, I didn't we kick off season three or something with that? Maybe it was uh, season two. I, I want to say uh, always punch uh, the Nazis. We did have we did have an episode where we talked about punching Nazis. I want to say it was. Uh... Oh, hold on, I got to go back here. I got the list in front of me. So, season three. Yeah, look, we talked to John Champion. Look at that. Oh yeah, season three, episode one. Always punch the Nazi. There it is. Yeah. Back in early February of 2021, in the <sighs> long ago, far, far away. In the thick of it the seems COVID that, madness. It seems that way. At least if you look at the January 6 hearings, anyway. Which I, by that I mean, can we get to the fucking point? Please. And I think they will be soon. I think they will be. One hope. They seem to be done fucking around, but we'll see. But, like I said, we've got, we've got some good times planned for season five. It's, it still trips off the tongue saying season five, but we've made it this far. So as of this episode, Jim, 40, 80, 120, 131 episodes... Wow! If you count the eleven episode season one, so well I do. So uh, that's you know, a lot. We've dicked around with our naming conventions and our numbering a little bit on this. Uh, I think maybe <laughs> for season five, I'm going to have to go through and uh, actually count the sum total of episodes and and, and kind of even redo that again just so that it actually reflects how much work you've put in. <laughs> I'm not worried about the the recognition or anything for that. I just I want people to to all the more reason you should get understanding. It of where they're at so oh shush don't make me digitally slap you I can't send you beer and I can, maybe I could send an Uber driver over to slap you in the mug <laughs> well the day that we can actually punch people in the face of the internet is the day that I go to prison <laughs> for real uh, we'd <clears> already <throat> be there sir 
Given our past line Amen. of profession, we'd be there. Amen. Yeah, so. We should do that. We should talk about uh, the old perverted justice dateline days. We've got a few friends of ours who are still in the mix that we could maybe uh, chitty chat that up with. One of these days, we got to get around to that. Maybe we could even get uh, our old Twitter friend back on and talk about Twitter and at the same time. Yeah, could be. I, I don't know. Can she talk about Twitter? Is there like a NDA kind of non-disclosure thing? Or I mean, we could definitely find out. Only one way to. That would be fun. Miss you, Delby. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 opportunities for conversations are endless. And, and I get that we're babbling now. And please forgive... Uh, uh, a tired, addled brain who I've been drinking now. So I mean, well, we got, just don't want to be done for the year. We're gonna be for, uh, but we, you know, it's, wrapping this is up is. Uh, it's kind well, of it's gonna be a couple weeks before we get back and do it again. Uh, yeah, a little bit bittersweet, but by that time we'll have enough news build up. That's the only benefit to doing the episodes on the fly like we have been now, instead of like banking three or four episodes at a time, is we weren't very timely with our news at that point. So by the time an episode came out, it's like three weeks after the fact, and and the news was cold, as opposed to hot off the presses. It was cold on the floor. So uh, we've, we've been a bit more timely with our news, which is always good. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, a season five that is going to be full of new guests, maybe some returning guests. Um, I'd really like to get, and I'll spoil this one, I really want to try and get Champ back on, which shouldn't be a problem. If we love him, he loves us. That's fine. I say he loves us. I'm assuming he loves us. He keeps saying yes. So that means something. But uh, I would like to get him and Norm on together and do like a, a Star Trek kind of roundup thing. And I don't know if they can do that legally with their obligation to, uh, to Roddenberry, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, I mean, I got, I got lots of ideas for next season, and uh, I'm just, I can't wait to share them with all of you, so. Ditto, kiddo. Well, if you would like to be a part of the new illustrious Season 5 going forward, there's a couple of ways you can reach out and do some touching, and that is you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. You can find us in our Gmail, which is fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. The backup Gmail address is and remains and always will be fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. We are on what's left of Twitter at, at fuel underscore your, and we are for on now. Instagram. Yeah, yep. I'm trying now. to use the Instagram more now. I am trying to use it more. Yeah, so stop by Expect more dumb geek memes. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we got them. We've definitely got the geek memes banked up. So check us out on Instagram at @fuelyourfandom, and uh, as always, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are bought, trade, bartered, or stolen. On Audible, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. However, you get us in your holes, we are grateful that you do. Grateful, excited, enthusiastically geeky about it, and that is a fact. And of course, we are still accepting donations for uh, the Fuel the Future charity program. Um, we're going to try and kick that into a higher gear coming up with Season 5. So expect to hear a lot about it. I'm sorry if that's going to bother you, but uh, no, I'm not. 
We're going to talk endlessly and shamelessly about the Fuel the Future period program, which puts comics and collectibles into the hands of the younger generation of geeks that so sorely need them and maybe can't afford them. So uh, you can send your donations to PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. Uh, we are at Fuel Your Fandom on all of those. Or I think it's Venmo. Venmo's like dollar sign Fuel Your Fandom or whatever the fuck it is. Fuel Your Fandom. You'll find us. Whatever the and, fuck it uh, is. It's for the kids. Send us money for the kids. God damn it. But uh, again, we want to thank our uh, sponsors for this last quarter of uh, season four. Uh, the fine folks at Extra Wallets. E-K-S-T-E-R dot com. Use code FANDOM at checkout. It'll give you an extra 10% off your purchase of some very, very fine pocket goodies. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're just in- entirely enthusiastic about getting into Season 5. That being said, I'm going to enjoy a couple of weeks off to play some video games, I think is what I'm going to focus on. And uh, get caught up with some nerd shit. Because, like I said, editing a podcast takes like 8 to 10 hours of personal time a, a week. That could be better spent watching TV or playing video games. I'm sorry for those of you who say that's not a worthwhile endeavor. But when you run a geek podcast, it's what you do. Or what you try to do. So All work and no play means same thing got shit to talk about. Right. Exactly that. So I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks off for that. Jim, I know you're looking forward to a couple of weeks off, including a week off from work. You can dive your ass back into God of War and wrap up your baby, baby story mode. Please, Daddy, don't hurt me mode. Yeah, no shame. uh, You can can try and uh, clap back at me all you want with that, but uh, I'm just, uh, I'm tired of fighting with it. (laughs) Maybe I'll actually get to playing it finally. Uh, My son's been playing it, so I've been kind of letting him get into it, so. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, you reaching the same place I did with it, with, uh, fuck this salamander. I took down a guy that was the size of a house, easier than this little frog that's jumping at my face. So, uh, (laughs) that's where I'm at with it. I'll keep an eye out for it, and by the time I get there, I'll be like, fuck, Jim was right. But, uh... You'll know the one I'm talking about. I'm sure I will, but, uh, I'm looking forward to a a wonderful season five after a nice little winter break. But, uh, from us to you, at the Fuel Your Fandom podcast, one last time... For 2022, let me just say what an honor and a privilege it is to fill your steamy ear holes with our nonsense and gobbledygook. And we are extraordinarily pleased to be here with you. And uh, from us to you, we want to thank you again. And please always remember that everything is fandom. And fandom is everything. Take care. Happy New Year.